Rick Butler joins us as uh, he does weekly here from Rocky Top Insider. Great website if you like Tennessee athletics. They're starting to creep into some of the basketball news as practice has started on campuses across America. Rick, I said it earlier, and I told our listeners I would say it when you were on here. For me, this is an absolute must-win for Tennessee or I turn my eyes towards basketball mm. season. Traitor. I'm not, Traitor. I, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just saying that this you got to get this win if you want a bowl game. How how crazy am I at this point? Guys, first off, pleasure to be here once again. Thanks for having me on. But I, I don't think you're that crazy, and, and I also don't think that you're alone in the boat. I mean, look at it. After these next two weeks for Tennessee, it is a daunting schedule coming up. So I think there's a lot of people who are kind of – Seeing basketball creep into the corner, seeing Kennedy Chandler, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, John Fulkerson, and I think some of them are saying, hey, you know, I I really want to dive into basketball. I I need something to keep me into football. Exactly. It's it's, it's really not that hard. You know, fans like to win. They like their teams to win. So when you have a team, you know, no matter what school you're talking about, when you have uh, a basketball team that wins, you, you... tend to go that way a little bit more than, say, maybe a team that you're not real sure about. So what you're saying is you're a Florida State fan, and it is basketball season. Oh, it's been basketball (laughs) season a long time. (laughs) I mean, guys, when we were – so we had a a press conference today with Josh Heupel, and even after the press conference, just about 15 minutes later, Tony Vitello stepped up to to a press conference. And we – of course, we had his live coverage – and people people love to have baseball back, and people were going crazy just over a couple of Tony Vitello quotes. So to your point just then, yes, success is really the the biggest magnet for these fans. Well, and that's that's and that's not unfair because that's the way it is everywhere. Just like Joe said, I mean, it doesn't matter what school you're in. Um, you know, it used to be Kentucky was uh, ready for basketball season, but now they've got you know pretty dong doggone decent football team. Here's the deal, and if you look at the schedule, and, and Rick, you're exactly right. They play uh, Missouri at Missouri, then they play home against South Carolina. So those two at least should be winnable, competitive. And if you win there, you're four and two. But then you get Ole Miss coming to town. You play at Alabama. You're off a week, and then at Kentucky, and then host Georgia. So those four games right there, uh, probably Kentucky, the win- most winnable one of those. But if you don't get these two Saturday and then next week, you're looking at um, maybe progress, quote-unquote, but certainly not a bowl game, I wouldn't think. No, I think you're exactly right, too. And even looking ahead to that Kentucky matchup, it's on the road. It'd be really favorable, I think, for Tennessee if it was at home getting that, you know, getting a little bit of a a closer to 50-50 matchup in front of their home fans late in the year. But they're going to be on the road in a cold environment. But nonetheless, you are so right about these next two weeks. You know, any way you look at it, a lot of the games after that kind of play out into a win or a loss category. That's at least the way that I see it. Maybe except that Kentucky game. And so these next two really are that difference between five wins, between six wins. Maybe even that gives you a little bit of momentum to steal a seventh win. But again, if you, if you drop these games or, or if you go one and one these games, that, that road gets a little bit harder to 500 or even a little bit over 500. I'm totally with you. I think a lot is riding on these games early in the season. And as I think it was Javante Payton said after the Florida game, you know, that Florida loss was, was tough. There's no doubt about it. Tennessee looked bad in the second half. 
But he said, man, it's just great that we have this experience, we have this film, so that anybody else, you know, going forward, man, we've already played a team that's frankly probably better, if not just as good as them. You know, we need to have that kind of, uh, we need to have those kind of reps in practice, in the film room, in order to be better against these teams like a Missouri, like a South Carolina. Yeah, going back to that that Florida game, you know, looked looked decent in the first half, but kind of fell apart in the second half. I mean, sure. what what did uh, Coach Heupel say uh, about that second half and uh, the issues they had? Yeah, no doubt he was he he was clearly disappointed. Um, it, you know, as any coach rightfully would be. But again, I think his message, along with the players' message, was Florida did not do anything to out coach us or out scheme us in the second half. In fact. Tennessee's, uh, Tennessee's wide receivers were saying, you know what, their defense really didn't change at all during the second half. They played the same kind of game. It was just Tennessee's execution. They failed to execute in the running game, in the passing game. Just the offense, for the most part, overall, failed to score a point. They failed to execute. That was really the biggest takeaway from hearing Coach Heupel talk, hearing these players talk. They, they really didn't put much of it on Florida at all. Of course, they gave, uh, they gave credit to a good team, but they said, hey, there were way too many spots that we did not execute. We made changes that we should not have. We made issues that we need to fix. Any clue who's going to be the starter at quarterback? Because, I mean, that's this is All the right. issue. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? So, so, so just like we've talked about every Thursday, right, <laughs> there's been a little bit of a mystery around this topic. Yes. Coach Heupel has been very vague every single week, always saying we're going to have that information later on in the week, and it always comes around game time. Today – we got a little bit of a different message, still vague, still, uh, I guess, undecisive about who he's going to pick. But he said something different when answering the question. He said, we're going to leave it up to our team physicians to make that decision for us tomorrow. Uh, now, granted, that could go a couple different ways, but I think at, at surface value, you think, well, Hendon Hooker is the guy that is injured right now. Joe Milton was suited up and was his replacement against Florida. To me, it kind of seems like, Hendon Hooker is going to be the starter if he can be healthy. Now, granted, that could also mean, hey, we need to just hear from the physician to then make a decision. But I, I took it a little bit more as, you know, hey, we want to know about Hendon Hooker, our starting quarterback for the majority of the year so far, the guy that's been leading our team. We want to know if he's going to be healthy on Friday to be able to then make him our starter on Saturday. But, again, could go either way. There was no kind of follow-up. Interesting. So it, it we, we know was, what we don't know. A little bit different. <laughs> we still don't yeah. know. Right? Yeah, it, again, it, it just it stood out to me especially, and, and my partner Ryan as well, just because it was so different. Just he, hearing him say the word physician was different than anything he had said about that question in any of the weeks leading up. So we took that at least as, hmm, maybe there's something there. You're right. I mean, that's really the only, th- the only way you can take it because it's really not much information. Now, I think it's fairly well known that Missouri has an issue stopping the run. So do you expect to see uh, Tennessee's run game and maybe um, uh, Tennessee's run game has to be successful Saturday? I mean, it just has to be in my book. But then we go back to think about, well, how about injuries in the offensive line? Where Who's going to be able to go there? I mean, uh, clearly we know the roster is thin. We knew it was thin when it started, but, you know, if you're going to have a good run game, you got to have a, a nice, healthy offensive line that can do some things. So what do, what do you think about all that? 
Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there. You look back at last week, and you had guys like Cooper Mays, who, who looked like he was playing like a mummy with probably all the bandages and things that they had him taped up with. He looked like he was playing through a lot of pain uh, and certainly has been trying to get back on the field a little bit this week. But no doubt about it, Tennessee needs to have a solid uh, game on the ground in order to move the ball against this Missouri offense and in order to keep the ball away from the Missouri offense, too. I think that's going to be a critical part of the game. It is unfortunate to be talking about uh, the health status of Tennessee's quarterbacks, though, heading into a game where they need to have a good game on the ground. Now, do I think that, you know, maybe if Hendon Hooker can play, will he be a little bit limited? I I wonder about that. And, And, of course, I do think so to an extent, considering they're not entirely positive on his current situation this far into the week. But I do think that Tennessee really needs to have a strong game from Tyon Evans, from Jabari Small, from whoever the quarterback, at least a little bit to keep the defense honest. But, yeah, I think that's a place that Tennessee can exploit. Even going back till Tuesday, uh, Tyon Evans was talking to the media, and somebody had asked him, you know, what he thinks they can do against the Missouri offense, and he kind of just sat back and laughed. He he was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to speak too much on that. I I think we're going to have a pretty good day, though. So you can tell that there's some confidence in the room uh, uh, from what they've seen on film. Right, right, right. So – if I'm Missouri, though, I don't care who starts at quarterback. Stack it because they're a little bit. Yeah, they're a little yep. bit banged up either way. You're gonna say, okay, we're bringing seven up in the in the box, and we're stopping that run, and we're gonna say you can't beat us with your arm, especially if it's number seven. If uh, if it goes back to Milton Mania, then they're really gonna do that, I believe. So it's gonna be interesting to just kind of watch that first, you know, first couple series just to see what Missouri decides they want to do to start the game. Obviously, everybody makes adjustments, but, uh, you know, do they start the game just really concentrating on stopping Tennessee's running? Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, talking about this Missouri defense, it, it, it will need all the help it can get, whether that's an injured Tennessee quarterback or not. It will need all the help it can get. It's a bad defense. It stinks. We talked to uh, the Columbia Tribune's Eric Bloom uh, over the weekend and got some of his thoughts on just the, the Missouri defense so far. We asked him the question, Missouri's defense has struggled so far this season. What has been the biggest issue? And he said everything. So I certainly think that Tennessee has the ability to score some points here in this game, uh, whether it be by the pass, whether it be on the ground. They have opportunities. Got to make the most of them and cannot, absolutely cannot turn the ball over. Cannot give Connor Bazelak more opportunities to take that third-ranked SEC passing attack uh, down the field even further more times. Do you think Coach Hype? Well, let me take that. Let me take that back. Let me reword that. Do you think, uh, <laughs> as fans, we look at uh, Coach Hype on what he's brought to this Tennessee program uh, when we get to the off week on the third, October thirtieth, and this team, let's say they're four and four, do we consider that a success? I know Coach Hype wants to win all of them, but you know, with what Tennessee has been through over the years, being four and four at that point, considering the schedule, do you, do you consider that a success? I would consider that a success for Tennessee. I, I think if you're telling me that t- Tennessee can win these next two games, Missouri and South Carolina, right. one of them being the second of a back-to-back on the road, man, yeah, I, I am feeling pretty good about what Tennessee can do. Maybe heading into that Kentucky matchup, um, I, I guess that would be, uh, yeah, that would be the game following the break. Right. Hey, that's actually a, that's something I hadn't thought about. Tennessee does get a bye week before that pivotal uh, Kentucky game, but I would, I would consider that a, a success. I would too, man. I would too. Yeah, that gives them um, 
I mean, that gives them hope. It gives the fans hope. Sure, <laughs> I mean, sure. Hope you can make a bowl game. It's exactly what it is. We deal with so many fans, and, and they just beat down. Yeah. <laughs> it is massive. And the over-under number on this Tennessee-Missouri game is ridiculous. It's 65. Just for an example, the Arkansas-Georgia game, which we think is going to have some points in it, it's 48. So you're talking about almost 20 points higher for Missouri-Tennessee. That speaks a lot to both teams' defenses. That really does. And I also think it speaks a little bit to both teams' offenses as well. Now, granted, more to the defense, to your point, they, neither neither is great, neither is good, although Tennessee has been better than expected with the competition ramping up. But I do think it speaks a little bit to the offense as well. Like I mentioned, uh, Missouri's got a great passing attack, the third-ranked uh, per game in the, uh, in the SEC. Meanwhile, Tennessee carries in the fifth-ranked rushing attack in the SEC. So you got a couple of good groups at what they do uh, against a couple of bad defenses. That's right. And and also while we're comparing and con- contrasting the over and under number for Ole Miss Alabama, 79. <laughs> Might be low. Oh how my. about that? <laughs> so that's how that's how that's how Ole Miss uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they beat them or at least hung close with them. I mean, it was like an 80-point showdown last year, right? Right. Yeah, I'm taking over. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm taking the over. <laughs> no doubt about it. But that Ole Miss team could put up some points, man. Uh, impressive. Can. It is impressive for sure. Uh, real quick here, uh, tell the folks about what you got going on at Rocky Top Insider, Rick. Guys, we've had a busy week over at RTI. Obviously, football in full swing. Basketball has started this week, so we've been at the uh, at the practice facilities. We've been covering that. And then, like I mentioned a second ago, baseball even. Tennessee baseball getting on the field uh, here today a little bit this afternoon. Uh, and we got to talk to Tony Vitello as well. So if you want to go and check out anything Tennessee football, basketball, and baseball related, head over to RockyTopInsider.com. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at Rick underscore Butler. And, uh, or you can listen back to me next Thursday. Sounds good, Rick. Uh, by the way, uh, last year's Alabama Ole Miss, 63-48. That's 111 total points. Oh, <laughs> I undershot it by a considerable amount. Isn't that crazy, man? We'll probably see the same thing I Saturday. I undershot it saying 80. That's, That's unreal. It is unreal. Thanks for the time as always, man. We'll check back next week, and we'll see if Tennessee can get a win on the road at Missouri. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. Take it easy. You got it, I appreciate it. Rick Butler from Rocky Top Insider. They do a fantastic job of covering all Tennessee sports. Um, Like, you know, the main four, football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball.